According to local legends, ghosts and spirits lurk among the crooked trees of the Hoya Bachu Forest. One tale tells of a young girl who disappeared into the forest only to reappear five years later, unable to remember where she had been. Yet another legend speaks of a shepherd who, along with his sheep, vanished within the woods. And with most haunted places, there is an association of alien encounters. Given its eerie atmosphere, it's no wonder the Hoyabachu Forest is said to be one of the most haunted forests in the world. Hi, my name's Renata Daniel. And I'm Anne Rekovich. And we welcome you to this week's adventure in True Hauntings. Where we go to Romania. Anne and Renata have been investigating paranormal occurrences for the past 20 years. They have been at the center of various unexplained phenomena and have witnessed countless ghostly experiences. The duo now turn to high-profile cases that have attracted the eyes of the world. Between the dimensions we see and the dimensions we don't, supernatural forces are at play. Evil lurks within the shadows of our homes and in the darkest corners of our minds. It follows us like a shadow forever. This is where nightmares become reality. This is True Hauntings. We have actually been to this place that we are going to introduce you to now, and we'll tell you a little bit about our encounters. (laughs) It was a very, very funny situation. It was. (laughs) So we are going down the dark road into Hoya Bachu Forest, Romania. I had a great idea. I thought that it would be cool to check out a haunted forest in a country I was visiting. I had a free day and I was going in the middle of the day. What could happen, right? So off I went and after getting very simple directions, it's at the edge of the city over there. You can't miss it and... Why do you want to go there? I found myself on the road to the forest. I'd passed the outskirts of the city and was getting closer. A few minutes down a dirt road, I encountered a man sitting on a cart being pulled by a horse. I gave a stoic nod in his direction. His eyes darted away and, I kid you not, he used his right hand to cross himself while mumbling something under his breath. He crossed himself two more times while trying to get the horse to speed up. We never made eye contact. A little further down the road, I encountered an old woman working in a vegetable garden near a small home. She jumped up from weeding the garden and quickly ran inside while repeatedly crossing herself. She slammed the front door and then carefully pulled back a corner of the curtain to look out at me. In case there was any doubt in my mind that I was headed in the direction of a haunted forest, it had been cleared up quite dramatically. The dirt road abruptly ended at the edge of the woods, and I noticed that there was no hiking trail. Just a thick, dark forest stood in front of me. The trees of the Hoyabachu forest are not your normal forest trees. They looked like something straight out of a sci-fi movie or a parallel universe. 
Many I come across bend and spiral, almost as if they were twisting their limbs out to touch and grab you. Taking all of this in, I did the unimaginable. I stepped inside. Crossing from the dirt road into the forest was like being transported into a different dimension. Despite being nearly noon on a sunny day, everything was covered in dark, ghastly shadows. Even more alarming, though, was how quiet it was. It was the type of quiet where you can hear your own heart beating. I started walking deeper into the forest. The only noise was from my footsteps crunching through rotting leaves. The sound echoed loudly and cut through the dark silence. I still can't believe I did this entirely alone. Or was I alone? I found myself looking over my shoulder behind me and my pace began to quicken in line with the beating of my heart. An outside force was compelling me further, deeper into this eerie forest. I had an overwhelming sense that I was being watched. And then it happened. Shivers just went down my spine thinking back on that moment. About 25 feet in front of me, some movement in the trees caught my eye. My blood immediately ran cold and I froze with fear. And no, it wasn't a friendly little forest animal. I was not alone. I was definitely not alone. It was a ghost. I can only describe this ghostly presence as a glowing mist hovering a few inches off the ground. I quickly strained my eyes in the darkness to get a better look. The figure was about six feet tall and faceless, except for two brightly illuminated eyes. And the eyes were staring right at me. An overwhelming feeling of malice struck me when I locked eyes with the ghost. As long as I live, I will never forget the sight of this ghost levitating between the trees like a white bedsheet caught in the branches. Every hair on my body was standing straight up. A jolt of energy and fear surged through my body. You know those movies when someone is running in the forest for their life and they keep falling and tripping and rolling? Watching those movies used to drive me crazy. I would wonder why they wouldn't just run when their life was in danger. Now, I was living that reality. At one point during my full-on sprint out of the forest, I face-planted in a mud puddle. I rolled it down a hill. Branches slapped against my face. I was doing everything in my power to find a way out of that forest. I'm still not sure how this happened, but I made it to the edge of the forest, back to the dirt road. My heart was racing and I was sweating profusely. It took me at least 15 minutes to catch my breath and update my Instagram story. But this is not where the story ends. Back at my hotel, I decided to do some research. I stayed awake most of the night reading blog posts, social media comments and news articles about paranormal activity in the Hoyabachi Forest. 
If I had done this research earlier, I can promise you I would not have gone. I was looking for a Transylvanian experience, but my experience was far more terrifying than I bargained for. One common theme kept popping up in everything I read about the forest. Within 48 hours of departing the forest, visitors consistently report a severe fever, overwhelming fatigue, delirious thoughts and the skin falling off their hands and feet. What? I reassured myself that it would never happen to me. It was just a legend that Romanians used to scare foreigners. Well, 48 hours later, to the minute... I was walking down a narrow cobblestone street in Bratislav, Slovakia. At this point in my journey, the forest was a distant memory and I was off on adventure in another country. But that is when it hit me. You could have set your clock by the exact moment, 48 hours after departing the forest, I was struck by an overwhelming and severe fever. I was both hot and cold. I was sweating and shivering. Every fibre of my body was in pain. It took every ounce of strength I had to crawl back to my hotel where I collapsed on the bed. I thought I was going to die. Before blacking out, I had enough wits about me to carefully place my passport on the nightstand. I thought if I was to die here, at least... I could leave evidence of who I was so that when my body was found, they could contact my family. I had the most vivid and severe fever dreams. I kept dreaming that I was back in the forest, but I couldn't find my way out of the darkness. At one point, I woke up naked and shivering. I had removed all my clothes in my sleep. I spent about 24 hours in the hotel room bouncing back and forth between terrifying, realistic dreams and a state of mindless stupor. The fever was terrible. The fatigue was exhausting. But nothing compared to the skin falling off my hands and feet. It was happening in multiple layers at a time, multiple days at a time. I sat on the edge of the hotel bed, continually peeling my skin off like I had a bad sunburn. The Fortean Traveller tells us that sitting pleasantly in the northwest of Transylvania, Cluj-Napoca is Romania's second city and embodies the country's complex history since pre-Roman times. And so when you read more of the information about this part of Romania's history, you can get a bit of a grip on how far back we need to travel to find human occupation in this area. Actually, more than 5,800 BC, we have mysterious cultures and groups that set down their roots in the valleys And the Romans, of course, come through. Then we have the capital going through different wars, Transylvanians, Saxons, Hungarians, ethnic Romanians, everyone trying to claim their stake in the political 
atmosphere of the area. We have the Austro-Hungarian Empire around the 16th to the 18th century, and then, of course, Nazi control, Soviet liberation, and the absolute authoritarianism under Ceausescu. Ceausescu. Chew. <laughs> Chew. Do you want a tissue for that? Chew. <laughs> the beast, anyway. Mm-hmm. Little... I remember them telling us all about him and it was it was recent history for them. Yeah, it is. It very much is. And they have that huge complex in one of the townships we were in, remember mm-hmm. the city, where you drove around the whole building that he Bucharest? built? Was it Bucharest? Is that the capital? <gasps> yeah. And so you have these beautiful streets mm. of the old history and then you have that. The monstrosity made out of marble and he, I think he sent the country broke building it, yeah. but he didn't care. Yeah. An awful And they said that he was assassinated, murdered on the balcony up there, if I remember correctly. Yeah, our memories are fading. That was at least two years ago now. (laughs) I have more pleasant uh, (laughs) memories of Romania and some of those we shall talk about shortly. Meat, meat. (laughs) (laughs) So all of this adds up to Romania's really complex history. And sort of the darkness that comes over certain areas when we talk about things that have occurred in the past. And the darkness tends to feed forests that are close to the edge of cities, towns and villages. It's like that no-go zone. It goes back to the um, stories of Baba Yaga in the forest. Oh, yes, Baba Yaga. Yeah, and um, how you shouldn't go there because the forest will literally eat you up and there are demons sitting in there. And I guess Hoyabachu has become part of the myth of Cluj-Napoca and that particular area of Romania. Of course, we went on the trail of Dracula. Yes, Vlad the Impaler. So it didn't help. The with, Dave Schrader, <laughs> with Dave Schrader yeah. and all the, our beautiful crazy American Americans. Friends. I, I like, call them beautiful friends, but you call them crazy <laughs> Americans. Okay. <laughs> so by the time we got there, um, we were poised. It was one of those places where we were desperate to go. It was the reason I went on the trip because, you know, um, Dracula and everything is great, but it was the Hoyabachu Forest that mm. I went for. Yeah, yeah. So Hoyabachu is known as the Forest of Shepherds and is on the southern outskirts of the city. It sits about 506 metres or 1,660 feet above the sea. And, yeah, we felt every single foot of that as we (laughs) had to climb. Why did they drop us off when they did? (laughs) It was on the side of this windy road and they barely had space to put the bus to the side and then we had to scramble up this hill like mountain goats <laughs> let's let's just say we are not fit oh, even look, though we tried i tell you <laughs> that was the scariest thing you the the story you were reading talked about being able to hear your heartbeat yeah yes because <laughs> <laughs> we're unfit halfway up that hill we were all going what the hell are we doing here? No, absolutely no trail, nothing. Yeah. You no, just, b- nobody to guide us. It was yeah. just like, yeah, yeah up, it's up, up there. Can you see and that? And we can see the forest on the edge. We're going, you're serious? <laughs> <laughs> so all of us unfit Americans and Australians. And we had a gorgeous little lady there yeah. who was in her 70s. <laughs> So <laughs> to hold her hand going up this freaking hill. Us, hold her hand, I yeah. bet the Romanians were just laughing. They were sitting there going, yeah, another busload of stupid yeah. tourists. And um, it was okay when we went up because it was daylight. Oh, coming, was coming oh, back. Geez. then I just about pooped my pants. Oh, it was awful. 
<laughs> that's that's not the only bit that was awful, but we'll, we'll get on to we'll more. reveal this onion <laughs> as, as, as we go through. We'll, we'll, peeling peel, we'll the, peel the layers, the layers slowly. And there might be a little bit of rot in there. Oh, boy. So, yes, this forest was something that both the residents of Cluj-Napoca and, of course, visitors loved about the place. It sat up above the city. You had a great view down back into the city and it offered fresh air and, as, again, the Fortean Traveller says, possible enchantment. Now, it's also known in the UFO and parapsychological circles as a hotspot following a UFO sighting by a local military technician in 1968. Uh But do you know what? There was one before that. Oh, what's there? Oh, I've got notes for you. Okay. All right. So Hoya Bachu has really become Romania's Roswell which is quite interesting, a fantastic way to bring people into that part of the country, Very I must say. Very good for say. tourism. Mm-hmm. Another part is it's, of course, otherworldly trees. And, again, that was mentioned in the story that these trees seem to be bent in particularly weird and strange ways. And one of the things you have to also remember when you look up Hoyabachu, uh, one or two of the most famous pictures that they use in the description of these trees isn't in Hoyabachu at all. It's actually in Poland. Yeah, because I kept looking at those photos (laughs) in the mist and that lovely light and going, I don't remember seeing that. (laughs) We saw nothing up there, remember? We were taken dark. We were taken through this part of the forest where there were roots uh, under our feet, there were branches dips, overhead, dips in the ground, there were branches overhead. Rocks on the ground. And the, the young guide, a sprightly like 20-year-old, says, come on, everyone turn their torches off and let's just imbue the forest. And you hear us all the women up the back go, no. off. Excuse the French. That- <laughs> That ain't gonna happen. We because we, we run ghost tours, and it was like you can't do that. That is people are gonna die. They're gonna die out here. There's so many trip hazards. Oh, and there's look. There's no way you could see your hand in front of your face. No. It was so dark in there that there was no way you're going to see anything. It was it was hilarious. But you see, it was funny because and he, then we were being peer says, pressured to turn our torches off, and we're going, no, we don't want to fall over in here and die. It's a long way down that hill. Yeah, with a broken leg. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, dear. But anyway, I'll get back to I'll get back to back, this. Back on topic, please. So the place has become really well known around the world since that 1968 uh, investigation into this UFO sighting. And even the locals have for a very long time called it a bad place and have avoided going there. Oh, it's a very superstitious culture. There's mm. um, lots of gypsy culture in there. And, I mean, what we saw was they're still running around the place in horses and carts and like madmen mm-hmm. driving around the place. And they had lots of symbols of protection and things up around. And, yeah, was, yeah, still quite uh, superstitious. Yes, yes. So it says that you can certainly, from the first steps into the forest, experience nausea, anxiety, vomiting, severe headaches and even skin burns. I wonder whether those skin burns might be something to do with what 
is in that forest. Mm-hmm. I'll get onto that. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and of course, there are some people that believe that it is under a powerful curse and that even it's the place where the devil wanders free. Of course. <laughs> We're all spit in a forest. Yeah. So drawn well, by the story. After being at Loftus Hall, check out that episode of True Hauntings. Mm-hmm. Little, oh, and oh, plug. I have found so many connections. This is an awesome project because you find out so many things when you dig and do research. Yeah. It, it's quite eye-opening. Fascinating. But... Alexander Sift was a biologist and he started researching the strange occurrences back in the 1950s. He reported feeling constantly accompanied and watched by some presences that he called shadows. Now, these shadows would sometimes take the place of a couple who would disappear into thin air as soon as they caught sight of him. And he somehow managed to catch the man on camera right after the woman had disappeared, just as the man was disappearing himself. So the photograph depicts the peculiar being with a stub for an arm and with parts of his body almost translucent, a phenomenon referred to as dematerialisation. Oh, but sadly there are not many pieces of evidence as the better part of the scholar's collection was stolen oh, and destroyed shortly after he passed well, interesting away. Interesting how often that happens with the evidence from mm. the Hoyabadji Forest. Mm. So they've also called it the Bermuda Triangle in Transylvania and it's it's one of those points, I guess, where all lines intersect. So if you've been around Transylvania and you've followed the the myths and the legends of Dracula, um, Hoyabachu is is a beautiful place uh, and Cluj-Napoca to to stop, to relax, unwind. Certainly when we were there, the tourist buses were literally coming in droves and depositing people into the town square. Mm -hmm. And the town square is beautiful. Yes. It's it's beautiful. The restaurants are beautiful. Yeah, and we were surprised because I was frantically learning Romanian or at least get some bread, water and soup, I think is what I managed to come up with. Coffee. Coffee was the other one. But they, most of them had fa- fabulous English. Yes. It just makes me feel really sucky because I've only got one language. So Sift systematically documented his research and his activities and he compiled According to a friend of his, who we're going to hear about in a minute, Alex Partrut, a lot of evidence and photographic material, including images of UFOs, bioplasmic phenomena and disc-shaped objects that the professor claimed he witnessed all the way throughout the 1960s. So Mm. literally they said every time he went into the forest, there was something that would happen. He became like this UFO magnet. Yes. And I've he, got notes on him. You are so right. crossing into my territory, I'm woman. I'm sorry. I won't, I'll, 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 I'm just <laughs> so crossing I, into I'm my territory. Tempting, tempting the audience teasing. with tidbits. I'm teasing. Mm-hmm. Just don't tempt me with your tidbits, please. Oh, I will try. <laughs> so let's let's go to uh, this other gentleman here who uh, helped him because when Swift died... Some of his notes were destroyed or were lost. And then there was a gentleman who had been working the same university as Sift, Adrian Adrian Patrut, and he was a professor of chemistry. And he took all of the notes 
and started to continue the work. But he was very much more interested in the subject of parapsychology and also the trees, why the trees looked like they did. Let's turn for a moment to the main aspects that underlie the forest's haunted and otherworldly reputation and what also brings people into the forest, Mm -hmm. and that is the trees. Yes, the trees are fascinating. So the weirdness occurs in many different forms, none of which it has been said have ever been fully explained and all of which work in synchronicity to create a strange and slightly claustrophobic ambience. And that's because in some areas the trees come over like an arch and it looks like you're going into a tunnel Mm -hmm. that some people think may be a portal to Mm -hmm. another world, hence the story of the little girl who disappeared and then came back five years later looking exactly the same. Same clothing, unchanged, hadn't aged. Mm -hmm. So first up, the trees are twisted along their central axis, creating a corkscrew event. Uh, effect, sorry, and regardless of the stage of growth of the trees, they will look like that. There has been to date no convincing chemical, electromagnetic or meteorological explanation for this occurrence. There is also another occurrence in these trees that with a singular root, including intertwined trunks, their grotesque bulbous outgrowths decorating some of the trees. And this can give the perception that they are faces that have been locked into the tree trunk. Mm-hmm. That could also explain why people see these faces in photos and things like yes, that. Yes, yep. So they've become known as alien faces and it's it's probably some sort of parasitic growth, but nothing really from any testing has been shown that it is of this world, mm. let's say. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have nothing left to do. This is fantastic. Keep mm-hmm. going. An interviewer actually interviewed Alex Petrut at one stage talking about a visit that he had into Hoyabachu and he says that he lost all sense of direction within the forest. Now, when you look at a map and you have a look at the extent of Hoyabachu, it's not very big. It's not big at all. And most people will say it is dreadfully hard to get lost in mm-hmm. that forest, especially when the central part of it is literally open meadow. Yep. And you can get onto that in a minute. Yep. <laughs> but that's the place that everyone seems to be taken to because that is where that's the hot spot. allegedly the UFOs landed, mm. creating this mark in the middle of the forest. Yes, and incredibly tall grass where nothing grows. Mm. <laughs> Very tall grass for where nothing grows. Mm-hmm. Lots of lots of grass, actually, for where <laughs> nothing grows. If I remember correctly, we were sitting in there doing some investigation. We had some gadgets and things out, and Dave was in there talking with a few other people in the middle of the field and had no idea that we were only like 20 feet away from him. <laughs> I know, listening to everything that he was saying. We've, we've popped up at one stage and he's got, oh. Yeah, so yeah, we're here doing some work, but which yeah. was almost impossible. But you know, <laughs> yeah. So Petrut says that it acts as a type of psychic battery in there, and people may engage with the unknown willingly or otherwise. So it's like the forest has dragged them in. Then it is like a battery; it feeds on the living people that walk in. 
and then they walk out being affected mm-hmm. and they affect everyone else. Mm-hmm. So they pass it on. They pass it on. Now, also says because people go in there to have this experience, the supernatural regards that you must pay a tax for. Oh, there must be an exchange of energies. There must be an exchange of energy. If you want us to connect with you, you must be willing to pay. Don't pay the ferryman. And that payment comes in very nasty, nefarious <gasps> ways. Oh, I, I didn't get this information. You'll have mm. to tell me. So it's all its all about the things that they talk about, becoming very, very ill, oh, having that's a fever. The yeah, having a fever. Okay, so it's a- sometimes being taken away and not returning as well because there are many stories, alleged yes. stories of people disappearing yes, within that forest. There's supposed to be over a 1,000 people who have disappeared. A 1,000? A 1,000. That is freaking amazing. I reckon a 1,000 people could link arms and circle that forest. Easily. Easily, easily. So Adrian Petrut has also accumulated a repertoire of images, of immaterial shapes, beams of light, spherical objects, none of which can be logically accounted for. And he says that whatever events may occur are influenced by the person who enters the forest. So if you are a sceptic, you are likely to get out of the forest unscathed. Interesting. Now, also in 1968, a military technician, Emile Barnier, 45 years old, ignored the locals' warnings and went into the forest trying to spend a weekend away from the stress of the city. He was there with his girlfriend and two friends and around 1pm while looking for firewood, he heard his friends call his name. Back in the meadow with his friends, he saw something that looked like a UFO above the forest without making a noise. And so, of course, I might leave that to you if you need to report on that. But that was one of the uh, sightings. Now, interestingly enough, all of these people that we are mentioning, so Sift and his friend Adrian and Emil, they were all working at the local university there mm-hmm. in Cluj-Napoca. So my dog's bigger than your I wonder. Dog. <laughs> I wonder whether they were after some sort of grant money or something. Or <laughs> yeah. they're trying to outdo each other. I don't know. In 1993, uh, Adrian Petrut identified in the Bachu Forest a special area which he called Socially Active Point 3. <laughs> oh, I should have caught my social media out at that point. So it might have boomed. The area in the question seemed to be the centre of max- maximum activity for paranormal phenomena, and this is where we go to the centre of the forest, mm-hmm. the meadow. Mm-hmm where nothing grows mm-hmm. except very long grass. <laughs> very, very long grass. That we can... And, Dave, we weren't listening to your conversation. We just sat up there and then you guys arrived to chat and we weren't listening into what you were saying. I can't remember a word of it. Um, Renata, can you remember? I remember every single word. It was okay. very, very nasty. <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't. Here no. comes the lawsuit no. from no, Dave. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, no uh, we actually couldn't hear anything because no. we were plugged into uh, the SB. 11, I believe. And yes, we were listening to that, which made it very difficult. Now, that's that can be a little bit scary when you are plugged into the spirit box and you're sitting in an area that is allegedly where UFO phenomena come down. We needed the CE5 initiative. We should have had the boop, boop, boop going and vectoring them in. I know. Jeez, if we'd had that knowledge then, Renata. Next time, Anne. Next time. Oh, <laughs> I can't wait. I don't know if we'll ever go back. <laughs> but 
but the the problem is that the the forest itself is very echoey, yeah. and when you're sitting in that area where the meadow is, you can literally hear voices from the other side. Yeah, yeah. You can you can hear hey, everything. Do you know what Leslie might take us back? Leslie oh, might. Leslie, for you. <laughs> But I, I'm going to leave. Um, well, you haven't left me much. No, no. I, I'm just. I'm going to leave that here because you really need to. If you're going to Romania, and you're in that area, you need to go to Hoyabachu and experience it yourself. And yes, experiences will be very different during the day than the night time. But it is worth. I. I really wish that I had time during the day to go in and yes. see the beauty of the forest. I wish I had too. And we, we didn't. Or just we didn't. get there a bit earlier so we yes. could have explored it with lights on and then I wouldn't worried about the torch or the flashlights. <laughs> and, and miss that <laughs> bloody hill. And oh. please, ladies and gentlemen, Make sure you take drinking water and you've been to the toilet before you go because there <laughs> and is you've got nothing, sensible shoes on. nothing. <laughs> Nothing around there, absolutely nothing, <laughs> unless you spot a UFO and say, excuse me, sir. <laughs> Can I use your loop? <laughs> use your toilet. You are left stranded. Yeah, take your own toilet paper. <laughs> Yes. Because we, we can all barter in toilet paper all around the world now because we've all found out what's gold when there's a <laughs> pandemic on. Yeah, toilet, toilet paper. paper. Oh, mm. We're going to look back at that in 10 years' time and just, oh, I'm shaking my head now, never mind in 10 years' time. But I, I actually have part of the interview that uh, we did with one of the young guides and he primed everyone before we went up there, hmm. which was very interesting. He told everyone So you about, got a video of it? Yes. I, I recorded <gasps> wow. a bit. Oh, yeah, we'll have to send that to the, the team and see mm. if they can put a bit of that up. Today's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. What's the first thing that you'd do if, say, you had an extra hour in your day? Would you go for a run? Maybe take a nap? Read a book? Or just show up for a friend? A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. And the question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. If you're like me, you think, I can get through a lot. And we can. We're a resilient species. However, there are times that we need to reach out that hand and get a little help from somewhere else. That's what I did with BetterHelp. When I reached that limit and I realized things were getting a little bit out of control, instead of taking it out on my family or taking it out on myself, I just decided to reach out and get the help that I deserve. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and it's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy, my darklings. Get BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash P60. Do that today. You're going to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash P60. It's time to take control of your life. Dave's here rooting you on, and if I can do this, you can do this. Let's do this together. BetterHelp.com slash P60. There's a link for it on today's program guide. 
So tell us what you have found in the notes. What's left. Mm -hmm. All right. So the the two, well, there's three main claims, right? So the first one is the shepherd that went missing. But it wasn't just the shepherd. It was 200 sheep. 200 sheep, yes. 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 So I wonder if the brown paper kid was involved. The what? The brown paper kid. Who's the brown paper kid? The outlaw wanted for rustling. And she has gone. (laughs) (laughs) But, I mean, when you think about it, he's gone. And then it was actually named after the the shepherd. This is how it got its name. It's because of the shepherd that disappeared with the 200 sheep. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, it could have just been a little bit of... Uh, let's steal the sheep and make some money. Mm-hmm. And the other one, of course, is the five-year-old girl who disappeared, emerged five years later, unchanged, in the same clothes, with no knowledge of what had happened to her. Mm-hmm. Of course, there are no actual documentation of this mm-hmm. anywhere. Mm-hmm. And as you said, that when they walk in, they uh, people feel that severe anxiety, which we didn't. Mm-hmm. Somebody's watching them. Well, they were they were judging us because we didn't put our flashlights on. <laughs> And others walk out with scratches and bruises and no idea where it's from, but it's a forest. Yeah, they're hitting tree trunks. They're falling over. They can't remember what, yeah. And some of the other sightings uh, and noises uh, are giggles of women or screams of young girls. And once again, that it well, could be a residual thing or it could be... Like they would have heard us that night. It could have been us. It could be us <laughs> or the residual things, a time slip. Also the sounds of deer or horse hooves when there's none in the forest to be seen. Some of them see orbs floating near trees and they will take photos and when they look of the photos of the orbs <laughs> and they blow them up. They can see faces. Of course they can. <laughs> Which weren't seen at the time. Now, a- another thing that struck me when we were doing this is that how many of us that live in a city have ever been to a forest, right? So you're walking I've in... i bush. Not Hashtag only, sacred bush. Not only have you never sometimes been out of your country, so you're, you know, in a place, as the story tells, where you don't even know what they're saying, the language Mm. barrier is one thing. The other thing is that if you have never been in a forest before, you have no idea what to expect when it Mm. comes to sounds. Yes, that's right. It's a completely alien environment. Well termed. Thank you. Some of the other things that they have seen are are people's faces right in front of them with their naked eye. Mm. These faces just appear before them and then just seem to dissolve. Mm -hmm. They've also seen glowing green eyes staring at them from a distance. But if you think about that, it'd be animals. Mm Mm-hmm. You think of cats with that reflective greeny yellow mm-hmm. thing they get in a certain angle. More recently, there's been reports of uh, faces appearing in photographs that were not visible when the image was taken, and sometimes they start to disappear. Some of these photos within the picture. Oh, so that's mm-hmm. the, that's um, interesting. Of course, we can't find any of these photos to prove it. They're also talking about electromagnetic anomalies, batteries discharging, electronic devices malfunctioning, and lights. So the lights are often orange or red, with no apparent source. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to briefly touch now on the UFOs. So the earliest one was the Alexandru Sift that you were talking about in the early 1960s. He saw the dish-shaped object above them, but much of his evidence disappeared in 1993 when he died. Mm -hmm. So we've got no evidence of that. 
Then they talk about 1968, Emil Barnier, a military technician who went in and photographed that UFO that was hovering over the clearing. So it's the clearing where the activity happens. Mm -hmm. They said that it looked like a drop of water. And maybe it was a drop of water on the lens? I don't know. But the thing with Bonilla is that he had nothing to gain from reporting this Mm -hmm. and everything to lose. The communist government equated a belief in the paranormal with madness and state sabotage, and Bonilla lost his job in a country which had no support for being sacked. So when he reported this, lost his job. Yeah, that's sad. And having been someone who is a scientist Mm. working in a university, that's his credibility gone. Yep. Which is a bit sad. Yeah. So they have a little bit of a description here about them going into the forest with his girlfriend and a few friends. It was a sunny August afternoon and his girlfriend told him that she saw something weird. He walked over to where she was standing and he saw it too, a shining silver disc in the sky. Luckily, he had his camera with him, and before the object bolted away, he was able to capture four photos. And it looks very much like Mulder's photos, you know, in Mm X-Files. It's sort of like that famous sort of photo. It was blob-like, and one could say it was almost like a water droplet. Mm -hmm. So they published his photos in the paper, and everyone was very sceptical of it all. Some people said it was weather balloons... But they actually looked into that and there was nothing in the sky in that area that day that could explain the photos that he got. The negatives were also examined to see if they had been altered and no evidence of tampering could be found. Mm -hmm. So as far as Emil Barnier was concerned, it was a true photograph. Mm -hmm. So much of the phenomena, as I said, happens in that clearing, which, oh, God, geez, if I see if I can remember my um, Hoyana Rotunda round glade that means when nothing grows except grass oh boy and the grass grows so well photographs in this have also in this area have also shown human-like shapes so i haven't seen those either there's all these big claims and there's supposed to be human-like shapes in some of these photos but i mean it could be people in the forest it could be so it's known as the dead zone it's it's supposed to be a perfect circle, but if you look at photos from the sky, it's not. Mm, that's true. Apparently the soil has been sampled and it is unknown why nothing grows in this area. It is rather weird. I mean, you can come in from any angle through the forest. The forest is quite thick and then mm. you come to this glade or this meadow, which is just grass. You can... But that happens quite often in forests. There's yeah, a, a space. Yeah, and if, if you think that maybe farmers close by or sheep herders may have over hundreds of years used that paddock as a place to have their sheep. Hmm. And Um, I do have reports of the history of the location. So you're quite right. It hmm. could be that. One of the guides, and I think it was one of our guides that actually took us through the forest, his name was Alex. He said on one of the ghost tours that he was running, when I came here, I found 60 people from Bucharest trying to open a gate into another dimension. Mm -hmm. So they might have been standing there going, whoop. The CE5 initiative? I don't know. Now, one of the things that our tour guide did mention in the forest is he pointed very confidently at a tree and said, see that tree? That's been affected by ectoplasm. I remember that. And both you and I looked at each other because we've been involved in many physical mediumship seances where ectoplasm abounds. Uh And I've uh, never heard of it affecting a tree. A tree? 
So I, the words poured out of my mouth without me thinking, and I sounded really intelligent, do you remember? Yes. And I went, ectoplasm, how can that be? That is a substance excreted from the pancreas through the various orifices throughout the body of a physical medium. And everyone's just stopped and looked at me. (laughs) And Dave's gone, well, that was interesting, eh? (laughs) Let's move on. (laughs) Nothing to see here. Let's just not interrupt. So I thought, oh, yeah, sorry, I've just tried to ruin the mood of the ghost tour. I'm sorry, everyone. (laughs) But, yes, this ectoplasm is routinely seen by joggers who are brave enough to enter. I think it's oxygen problems with joggers. There is no way joggers go through that forest. Come on. As they're jogging, they must be taking photos and getting photobombed by shadowy figures. I could just see it with jog, jog. Selfie, (laughs) selfie. Oh, look, there's a shadowy figure behind me. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm very fossilicious. And one of these photos apparently shows a man in traditional dress of northern Romania and is known as a very local ghost. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and apparently Alex, the tour guide, doesn't like to sleep in the forest because they did one night and they heard very loud hoof noises like a horse or a particularly large deer. And every time they would stick their head out from the tent to investigate, guess what? What? The noise stopped. Uh, are there bears up there? I don't know. <laughs> I know there were bears at one of the places we went bears to. In other places. Oh, the they next, would terrify the me. Next time he, <laughs> the next time he slept in a hammock. See, he's clever as Alex. Uh-huh. To get a closer view of whatever was causing the sound. But unfortunately, his visit was cut short. Do you know why? Why? He got smashed in the face by a bat. <laughs> It was Count Dracula come to suck your blood. <laughs> oh, dear. He, he did report that one of the craziest things he'd seen on one of his tours was a man who went berserk thinking he'd met a demon and this particular guy had just got a massive tattoo, a demon, on on his chest to ward off demons. Right. So, yeah, I think there might have been a few issues there. Now, some of the local legends around the forest. Could have been a couple of glasses of, what is it, Polinka? Polinka. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. That's a story in itself. This is a public service announcement. (laughs) If you get offered palinka, decline. (laughs) Decline. We, I'm sure we had hallucinations on Polinka one night and we only had a couple. We didn't realise how potent it was. Like everyone's going like, yeah, Stollard, smash this stuff down. And, oh, boy. (laughs) Your your hair literally drops off from your scalp. (laughs) It's like drinking methylated spirits. (laughs) I'm sorry, the people who make Polinka, it's just not my cup of tea. I'm sure it's like homemade vodka. Mm -hmm. There there are grades. There are grades of goodness. Do you remember? remember at one place we went to, it was a very nice hotel, and they, they brought out their top shelf polinka, <laughs> which was in a plastic orchi container. <laughs> and they shared it around proudly. And oh, yes. We threw that down because you don't sip it. Do not, do not sip no. it. You don't want to offend my dog. fall out. <laughs> it was, oh. Oh. It was ever so slightly smoother, but No. <laughs> No, don't don't drink Linka. Oh, so many fond memories of oh, Romania. It was, it was awesome. Uh, at least we had some awesome people there to share it with yes. us. I think Tammy was on our page. Yeah, 
and also if if you're a coffee drinker, you can forget about yeah, it in Romania. About Please it. bring your own. Bring your own. <laughs> they do not know what coffee is unless you go over to the local roadway service station, service station <laughs> and you put in your 20 cents into worth the machine. into the machine and it gets poured out for you in a cup. It's a, literally a cardboard a, cup. In a cardboard cup, yes. <laughs> It's literally two mouthfuls. Oh. <laughs> so let me let me tell you about the locals. This is this is great. Yeah, go ahead. The locals are too scared to come to the forest because they think the foreigners are going to take you in there into a dark, creepy place, then rip out your kidneys. <laughs> so apparently, yeah. there's a bit of body harvesting going yeah. on in there as well. Yeah. <laughs> if only somebody knew the forest was capable of so much. But Alex, the guide, said the forest is only haunted if you bring your own ghosts. All right. That's an interesting statement. That's an interesting statement, yeah. Now, look, a little bit of thought about why the forest might be haunted. Some people believe that the forest was haunted by peasants who were murdered there a long time ago. So you were referring to it may have been yes. a place where they grazed. Yep. The forest holds a lot of history as there is evidence of settlement there dating all the way back to the Neolithic period. Mm, yep. Evidence suggests, as you said, was originally settled in 6,500 BC. Is this the place where I make a joke about your age? No. No. <laughs> I wonder, have, That's even too old for have you. Have they done that ground-penetrating radar there? Oh, probably, but this is what it is. All evidence seems to disappear. Because it would be interesting whether that round area in the middle may have been a settlement at one stage. Quite possibly. They also, as you mentioned, talk about the Bermuda Triangle aspect of it and that one source puts the figures of over a 1,000 people have allegedly disappeared and then later been found dead, the cause determined to be suicide. Oh. There are cases of missing time and visitors not realise how long they have been inside the forest. Well, that's easy. Yeah, because it's, there's no light with the, the canopy. Same, so. The same thing happens to us when we go, <coughs> we go shopping, isn't that right? <laughs> <laughs> isn't that right, ladies? <laughs> I've lost time. I, t- I didn't know that I was here this long. So there is a theory that the place is being haunted by these murder victims who are angry at being trapped there in some kind of portal or another dimension. Now, this Patrut that you talked about had the theory that it was a parallel dimension. Now, he it was a chemist and the president of the Romanian Society of Parapsychology and an associate member of the Parapsychological Association. He has written extensively on the forest and also collaborated on a documentary. Now, there was the article that you were talking about that was mentioned in the 14 Times, and that was the November 2006 issue. This gentleman, Alan Murdy, on his uh, Ghostwatch column sort of summarised what he thought was going on in the forest. And I found it really interesting because it aligned with a lot of my beliefs as well. So apparently this was presented at the Transylvanian Society of Dracula. (laughs) I just love the name. Uh, At an event, a symposium. Yeah, okay. You're going to love this statement, Renata. The phenomena of the Hoyabachu wood in Transylvania suggests a cross between a UFO window area and a giant natural seance. Right. Mm. Mm. These include include strange lights, flying objects with regular geometry and fast-moving apparitions at ground level. Of greater concerns, Patriot was saying that microwave bursts and gamma and beta radiation has been detected. Mm -hmm. 
though Murdy adds some of the radiation claims were dismissed by another delegate that was there, Professor Soren. So this this gentleman, the the Professor Petrut, is saying that there are microwave bursts and gamma and beta radiation. Now that would explain the skin peeling off Mm -hmm. and the draining of energy Mm -hmm. and I'm not sure if the fevers would, I'm I'm not that familiar with it, but it seems to be 48 hours after being exposed to us. It sounds like radiation sickness. Mm. Don't you wish we'd had our radiation detectors with us? Yes. Do you realise we may never be able to have children now, Renata? (laughs) (laughs) I would would be the oldest mother in the world. (laughs) I think all those those ovaries dried up a long time ago. (laughs) (laughs) But this Petrit was the prime mover in establishing the forest reputation with extreme and unsubstantiated assertions. So he was the one that was coming up with all this supposed evidence, but there was actually nothing to back it up. In an interview reported by Antenna 3 in 2013, he tells of a student in a group with him who sometime after 1989, yeah, that doesn't sound like he really knows, sometime after, mm-hmm. come on, mm-hmm. this student had a weird experience. According to his account, they were standing at the edge of the trees looking at the city. Suddenly, the student went into a trance for an hour and when she woke up, she said she had been walking through Cluj and appeared before and during the war. Mm-hmm. So some of the party were obviously sceptical, but when she went to pay for her bus fare, guess what she found in her pocket? What? A silver 100 lay coin bearing the head of King Michael, the last king of Romania, indicating something more going on than retrocognition. Mm. So it sounded like she'd actually entered a time slip. Mm-hmm. Had and we've heard, actually heard of these being reported before, where there is like the person enters a time slip and suddenly sees the world as, as it was. was, and she's somehow or rather come back with a coin in her pocket. But all she was doing was standing there, looking, observing. So how did the coin get in her pocket? I have a sneaking suspicion somebody might have slipped it in there. Because mm. it's going to help reinforce the story. Mm. But, I mean, that's just my hearsay. That is not proof. No, that's it's just not. My, my thoughts that skitter through that's my a, skittish brain. That's a hypothesis that Thank you have. You. You have come I don't want to get sued. No. <laughs> oh, and it, it, it sounded like the Patriot was not concerned about someone being in trance for an hour. They just all stood there and looked at this person who was in a trance for an hour and were unconcerned. That's really weird and very unprofessional. Yes, yes. I mean, we have had people who have entered into trance-like states in our tours, and the first thing we do is stop and make sure that everybody is okay. Now, it seems that Petrut has also been most fortunate in his range of experiences within the forest. In 1975, he'd taken a large group of photographs at ruins in the middle of the forest. Now, there are no ruins in the middle of the forest. No. In the company of a group of friends. Returning a fortnight later, the ruins were nowhere to be found and were never seen again. Moreover, after some years, the images of the ruins dematerialized from the photographs. Wow. And it was just a grass field again. That's amazing. But he's got friends who are witnesses mm-hmm. that the ruins were there. Mm-hmm. So, look, all of these stories 
have helped the legend of the forest. Mm-hmm. They've now got paranormally themed tours running through there, which is what we did. Mm-hmm. Zach's and, been there. Yes, and the wilder the, the stories, the better it is for business. Yes. And its reputation was further burnished by its appearance on the Halloween special edition of Ghost Adventures, which was a 2013. Not all visitors are there in hope of experiencing a vision of fear. It is allegedly popular with the Wiccans. And some individuals believe there is an energy which can be harnessed to positive ends. That's nice to know, isn't it? It is. It is. Yeah, and look, energy is just energy. Mm -hmm. It's the person wielding the energy or using the energy, working with the energy that creates the good or the the bad intent with it. Mm -hmm. That's true. That's true. And, I mean, forests, as far as I have always said, are a place of re-energising and cleansing and clearing for me, mm-hmm. I always feel amazing. When I am anywhere near a forest or anywhere in near a me. forest. Me. A forest. No, me. You. Yeah. No. Anytime you're near me, you feel no, fabulous. A, no, a forest. Oh, a forest. Sorry. Hashtag sacred bush. <laughs> now, I like the way this guy summarises sort of what's going on in the forest. Some of the reported incidents can be put down to the usual misperception, coincidence and expectations. That's what we talk about, mm-hmm. the front loading and mm-hmm. you're, you're all primed to have an experience. Yep. Missing time could be people losing track of how long they've been in there. Woods can often generate the creepy feeling that walkers are being watched, an effect that could be enhanced by the peculiar shapes of some of the trees. Other aspects are doubtless made up. What are the names of the thousand people that have said to have disappeared or found dead within the forest? Where's that list? Mm -hmm. A small child reappearing unchanged after a gap of five years suggests kidnapped by fairy folk, but spinning a yarn sounds more likely. Probably trying to scare children out of going into the forest. I I reckon that's what it would be. The name of this youngster is never provided, even though she would surely have become an instant celebrity. And that's (laughs) that's what, uh, you know, the whole world would be interested in that story. Lights could reasonably be people with torches glimpsed through the trees, either inside or outside the wooded area, vehicles on roads nearby or aeroplanes landing at the Cluj Airport. EVP can be captured in all sorts of places because there are reports of EVP there as well and they possess the same degree of evidentiality wherever they are made. Photographs of flying geometric shapes could be insects. Petrude's various anecdotes are just that, unsupported anecdotes, so he needs to be treated with caution and not taken as gospel truth. Having said which, the Romanian Society of Parapsychology's files still sound worth a look, as according to Petrut, they contain a number of poltergeist cases unknown outside of Romania. Ooh. We do like a good poltergeist, don't we? Yes. So what this writer says that in the sum of it all, the contention that it is the world's most haunted forest or wood evaporates on closer inspection in much the same way Petrut's photos did (laughs) that was me that added the photos (laughs) oh wow yeah so what's your thoughts renata is this a true haunting oh look you know you you are in a foreign country you are out there to experience all of these amazing sights and experience them you should. And I certainly wouldn't want to at this point in time say to anyone, don't bother going to the Hoyabachu Forest because it's all a load of malarkey. You've got to go there and have your own experience. That's true. And you might be the one that actually has the experience and catches the 
phenomena that changes everything. As far as we are concerned, when we went there, we got nothing. Yeah. And it was. But I, I, we didn't have the opportunity to really investigate it no. the way we wanted to. No. I mean, we were with sort of like minded people, but I think that we are a little bit more intense on trying to investigate the paranormal where they were there to experience the forest and have a good time. They were running around that circle, being chased <laughs> by the tour guide. There were screams of yes. delight and joy joy and laughter and we just sat back and went, you know what, it is what it is. Yeah, we can't, let's just we, enjoy, let's being, just enjoy here. being here. We can't yeah. investigate. Um, but, oh, my God, we're sitting in the clearing of the Hoyabacha forest. Yeah, and I've got plenty of photos of grass. <laughs> As I was taking photos going, well, maybe this photo yeah, will maybe. just get something. But I think no. I've even got footage somewhere with our night vision cameras. It was grass. Somewhere. Yeah. So... World's most haunted forest, probably not. Mm -hmm. Haunted forest, maybe. Maybe. As your young tour guide suggested, maybe you're the one that brings the ghosts in with you. And because it isn't an area of possible power and energy, maybe that's why the spirits are able to become more animated because they're drawing on the energy of the forest. That's right. That's just a thought that popped in. Mm Mm-hmm. So we'll leave the rest up to you and um, you go and have that experience at Hoyabachu and let's see what you come up with. So thank you for joining us on this week's episode of True Hauntings. I hope you've enjoyed our podcast. If so, share it around with as many people as you can so they can join us in this madness. And make sure you've liked, subscribed and all that stuff. Maybe leave a review on iTunes if you've got the opportunity to do so, as that helps us spread the word to uh, bring more people into our little crazy family. Thanks for joining us. Where are we going next weekend? Oh, uh, next week. Well, you told me I've forgotten already. The Hellfire Club. Oh, Hellfire Club in Dublin. Oh, oh, that was another amazing place. Been there too. Yes. <laughs> yes, we'll see you then. See you on the dark side. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of True Hauntings. If you like the show, give us a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening right now. For more on Anne and Renata, follow at Anne and Renata on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube.